continuing in our series called uh, Living for Eternity. And the whole point of this series and the whole point of this section of Matthew is to really drive home the fact that there are two kingdoms. There's the, help me here, there's the kingdom of, do the hand motions, heaven, good. Okay, we'll try it again. These are tough. The kingdom of heaven, good. And the kingdom of the earth, excellent, good, good. The kingdom of the world. And so Jesus is going into some parables now, kind of defining what those things are. How do we know what the kingdom, <clears throat> excuse me, what the kingdom of heaven is like? How do we know uh, how, what it looks like in our own life? How do we get more of that kingdom down here and less of this kingdom uh, into that kingdom? And so uh, I've entitled this uh, sermon, It's the Little Things. And I'm going to read two parables that Jesus uh, gave to the disciples and to all the other people who were around listening. The first one is this one in Matthew 13, uh, 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like this little seed that you bury in the ground, little tiny thing, you bury it and it comes and it starts giving life and protection to the birds uh, of the air. I just remembered why there's, it's youth camp today. Not youth camp, children's camp. And we have youth people working up there. Okay, second parable that has nothing to do with those first two rows. Uh, it says, he told them another, still another parable. The kingdom of heaven... It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked uh, all through the dough. You guys all know about yeast. When you mix it into the dough, the, it rises. And I, you guys know this about me. I love documentaries. I could, I, could, I could watch documentaries all week long. I could watch a documentary on hair where, where you just watch it grow. That's how much I love documentaries. No matter how boring they are, no matter... I, I just love them. And I found a documentary uh, on yeast and, and bread. It was, it was very long, and I, I narrowed it down to three minutes. And I wanted to show it uh, to you guys so that you could see exactly what happens when yeast is inserted into, into dough. I'm going to go right to my point. This, I am going to refer back to this, so don't freak out like, wow, that was really bizarre that he did that. The potential of the kingdom is exponential, okay? So I'm using I Love Lucy as an example uh, for this one, and uh, we'll go back to it. But obviously, bread doesn't do that when you put too much yeast in it, and it doesn't get heavier, right, Kai? It wouldn't, because you can only have so much matter. Kai's my resident uh, professor, so... Uh, the potential of the kingdom is exponential. Listen, we start off with just a little seed. We start out with just a little bread. It gets worked in there and it begins to grow, right? We see Lucy is growing out of that oven and it finally gets her. And uh, I don't know how they did that, but that was kind of fun. And, uh, but it's the little things. With the kingdom of God, it's the little things. I cannot stress this enough. When we think about our spiritual life, we think in terms of these grandiose Ideas. Uh, you know, to be a missionary would be the greatest thing. To, 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 to uh, uh, be a pastor. To do all these different things. But it's little, tiny things. Jesus is saying the kingdom of God. And, and he modeled it by coming as what? A little baby. This little seed that is completely uh, 
has no way to do anything on its own. It just sits there. He modeled this. But kingdom growth is exponential. A seed doesn't just grow and, and then it grows to two seeds and three seeds. It, it starts to really go. And Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God, when it's planted, starts out very, very small. And Jesus talked about this and a lot of the things he talked about. Uh, he said, if anyone, remember in Matthew chapter 5, he said, if anyone breaks just the least of these laws... He's the least in the kingdom of heaven. The tiniest little thing in this kingdom has a huge impact on this kingdom. And we'll see vice versa as well. He says, I tell you the truth, those born among women, there's never been anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. We went over our, 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 uh, uh, sermon don the baptist we're talking about how we can all be that great when it comes to the kingdom we can all be that great remember when jesus was talking about the talents and he said well done my good and faithful servant he says this in matthew chapter 25 29 for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him there are big consequences to the actions we make here in this kingdom and in this kingdom. We think, oh, it's just a small little thing. But Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, it grows exponentially. If you make the right tiny decision, it has a big impact. Paul talked about this as well. It's all through the scriptures. You see, remember the story of Gideon? He started out with all these guys and God kept saying, no, no, let's make it smaller, 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 smaller. Until he had 300 guys and he wipes out a whole bunch of guys. Remember, Moses went to the bush and he went uh, the burning bush. He's like, I can't even talk. I stutter. You know, I stutter. And God's going, listen, you're the man I want. Remember the loaves and the fish fed the 5000. God loves to take little things. He loves to take things that are worthless in this kingdom and tear it up in this kingdom. You feel do you feel small? Do you feel like, oh, man, I, I, I can't I can't do anything for God. It's a lie. It's either a lie of the enemy. Or it's a lie of your flesh or you're just lazy and you use it as an excuse. Little crickets there. Look what Paul says here in first Corinthians. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. God chooses these little seeds, these little decisions, and the growth of the kingdom is exponential. He just tears it up with that. This principle works in both kingdoms, though. It's not just, well, if I make a good decision, then I got this great growth in this kingdom. If you make a bad decision, you can grow this kingdom as well. Remember, we said the two kingdoms are at war. Okay, they're at war. So as we advance our flesh, we are taking ground for the kingdom of the world. As we advance our spirit, we're taking ground for uh, for God's kingdom. Well, look what Luke 16, 10 says. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. There's the kingdom of heaven. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And you go, 
Well, that's not really true. If I cheat on my taxes, I'm not going to go rob a liquor store. I mean, it's not like just because I do one little thing. Yes. It's exactly what it's saying. When we make these small, tiny decisions, they have eternal consequences. That's the point. The potential of the kingdom is exponential. You look, and, and, and we've seen this happen. You know, I, I, I talk to people, they have affairs, and it's like, I don't know how it happened. It just happened. <laughs> no. It started with a small glance that just stayed too long. That's how it started. You know, the, 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 the addiction started with just one little thing. That, 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 that bitterness, that resentment that you feel, it started with just a little bit of anger that went uncontrolled. These little things have big impacts. And so what we want to try and do this morning is begin to look at the little things in our lives. Are they little good seeds? Are they little bad seeds? Are there any seeds? What does my life look like from the kingdom of God? Because while we have great potential to do great things for the kingdom of God, we also have great potential to do great damage uh, uh, to, to the kingdom of God based on how we respond to these little things. So the first part is the potential of the kingdom is exponential. The second thing is the planting of the seed is intentional. When you look at both the parable of the seed and, and the video we saw of the yeast, you've got to work it in there. Yeast just doesn't have to be present. It needs to be kneaded in. A seed doesn't just, you don't just, if I put it on the carpet, it's not going to grow. Okay, remember we talked about the parable of the soils and we said if it falls on the rocky ground, it just springs up a little bit and then it dies. If it falls on the hard ground, it can't penetrate. This is, this is exactly what he's talking about here. This seed needs to be inserted. And all through scripture, we see this ground is the soil of our heart. So I could talk all day till I'm blue in the face about we should do this and we should do that and you need to do that and you need to do that and I need to do that. But until it gets into our hearts, until it gets inserted, until it's something that we accept. That's why Jesus, we were talking about that Greek word. Do you understand these things? Do you make the connection between the spiritual and the physical? When you do, that gets embedded in your heart and you say, you know what? Things need to change. Or, you know what? I can do great things for the kingdom. But it has to be inserted. Just like, the, 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 just like Lucy was needing that. I can't believe I used I love Lucy. I apologize for all those who offended. Um, but it needs to be kneaded into the, into the dough. The, the seed needs to be implanted. The word of God needs to go into your heart for it to make a difference. The planting of the seed is intentional. 1 Corinthians 3.9. We've gone over this before. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. When the word of God, when I, when I preach the word of God, it goes out. Now, I'm not saying it's great or anything, but well, as I use the word of God, it goes out and it falls. And some people, oh man, again, it's not, <laughs> let's use a different example. So some pastor preaches a sermon, right? And he's using the word of God and it goes out and it falls and your heart either accepts it or it doesn't. And we talked about a couple weeks ago about what kind of soil is our heart. And your, your heart, heart may be hard. And you say, well, a hard heart. No, I, I, I'm not upset at the kingdom. That's not a hard heart necessarily. 
It's not a heart that is against the word of God. It's just a heart that says that doesn't apply to me. That that can't make any difference. Maybe you've got so much shame in your life and you just say it doesn't make any difference. Whatever you say doesn't make any difference. That's a hard heart. You say that's a broken heart. It's the same thing. The word of God can't penetrate and the kingdom has to come in and be inserted intentionally. This is what I need to work on. This is the thing. Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. For those, those who've accepted Christ, who've said, I can't do it on my own. I want to turn from my old ways. The only way I can have a relationship with God is through Jesus. Christ begins to live in us. It's a mystery, guys. I can't describe it to you in a way that will do it justice. But I know we can hold him back or we can let him flourish and we can give him access to all the rooms in our in our home. But we have to be intentional about what he's doing. There's a. Um, we're going to be singing a new song next week. I, I didn't and I encourage you all to be here next week. Uh, we'll have a guest worship leader and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but we're going to t- uh, do a new song. He emailed me the song. It's called From the Inside Out. It's a great, I had never heard it before. It's a Hillsong's song, and I've been worshiping to it all week long and just meditating on it. But the whole idea is that's how we get changed. It's from the inside out. We all know this. We know that if I go work out and I get all ripped, it doesn't make me a better Christian, right? It has to start with my heart. It, my heart has to be soft. Things have to be able to get in there and go, you know what, John? You've got a problem with this. And I understand the connection. Jesus said this to the Pharisees in Luke 17, 20. Once, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. We're starting, we've been talking about the kingdom for a long time. We're starting to get a much better sense of what the kingdom of God looks like. It's in you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you say, well, man, I really don't feel like it is. It is. It's just, has it gotten into your heart? You say, well, I agree with everything you say. Agreeing is not, doesn't necessarily mean your heart is soft. It doesn't mean it's really getting implanted and it's, or, or it's getting worked in there and able to make its change. See, the thing about, about implanting something in there is that change begins to happen once that happens. When you need the, the, the yeast in there, then it can begin to work its way through. Those are the two parables. So you say, well, what are these small things? Well, we're gonna, one of the ways we're going to try and get the word implanted into us is uh, we're going to start a Living Spring Bible Memory Verse program. Okay? We're going to start... Uh, and I'm going to tear, don't even tell me you can't memorize verses because I'm going to tear you guys up if you do. All right. I'm, I'm mad. Okay. Uh, I want to give you the first of the two. Okay. It's Philippians four, six. All we hear about in the news is how terrible things are. The housing market's down. The, the, the everyone's 401 caves. We're all going to die. Uh, there's not enough anything for anybody. So how do we deal with that? We deal with it by meditating on the word of God. We're not conformed to this world. We don't turn on CNN and then freak out and batten down the hatches. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, so what we're going to do is the, the, the one in bold, that's the one you're responsible for. You have two weeks to memorize it. Some of you already know it. Uh, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Okay? 
That's how we deal with anxiety. For you overachievers, I've put another verse there for you. Okay, so now you've got two, and then you can get, I will, you come up, I'll give you an A+. Plus. But in two weeks, I'm turning that thing off, and we're going to say, be anxious for nothing but in everything. But I, I memorized it in a different version, so I have to, I, even I have to work at it, okay? And I won't do verses that I've already memorized, so that I, I want to have to work as well. But uh, this happens to be one I, that I did, <laughs> so I'm cheating. All right, so in two weeks, okay? Then two weeks after that, we're going to go on. Because it doesn't end behind the back. Bam. Uh, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You go, whew, that's a lot. Pastor John, I can't do it. I, even in two weeks, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Okay, I'm going to start saying something. And if you guys know this, I want you to repeat with me. We're going to do this together. I went back and forth in my office to see if I should really do this or not, but I'm going to. Okay, here we go. Here's a story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold like their mother. The youngest one in curls. It's the story of a man named Brady who was busy with three boys of his own. They were four men living all together, yet they were all alone. Da, 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 da. Till the one day when the lady met this fellow, and they knew that it was much more than a hunch, would somehow form a family. That's the way we all became the Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch. Okay, now, <clears throat> yep, the Living Spring Bunch, nice. Okay, now, while that was frustrating to me that you sang louder for that than for the worship, <laughs> we'll set that aside for now. You just sang more words that are in those verses you know that? I told you I was going to tear you guys up this morning. I'm not messing around. You can memorize, okay? And we're going to try to make it as easy as possible. We're going to get um, some MP3s that we're going to put uh, on the website that you can download, that you can put on your eye, the way, and it'll go through little sections at a time and stuff like that. Here's my point, guys. Here's what you say. Please, you spent a lot of time on that. Instead of thinking, oh, I wish I knew more scripture. I wish I had, man, that guy knows a lot of scripture. Or that girl, I, she can recite all sorts of ver- Start with a little seed. Start with one verse. Do something intentional to get the word of God into our minds. Our minds have to be transformed. So when we see things on the news, when we hear bad news, when these things happen, we have some place to go. It's vitally important. The third thing, the patience of the worker is essential, okay? When, when you need yeast into to dough, you don't just put it in there, shove it in the oven, and, and put it on bake. You have to wait for it to take its effect. When you put a seed in the ground, you don't water it and go, ah, it didn't work, next day, kick it over, stupid seed, right? You don't do that. You, you, give, it, you give it time to take root, 
Okay, that's why we're working two weeks on that verse, just to let it sit, let it soak. And, and we'll see that after, at the, end of, at the end of the year, we'll have 26 verses that we've memorized. Actually, more if you do the overachiever route. But if not, fine. 26 verses that we'll have to go when we're angry, when we're anxious, when we're tempted. We're going to cover these different things. When you're worried about your salvation, I don't even know if I even know the Lord. We'll have verses for that. So that we know how to respond. But it takes patience. It takes a lot of patience. This is a huge concept for us. I mean, when you take a little seed, it's, you, you, know, you plant it in the ground, this mustard seed, and it grows to be the largest of all the bushes, right? And, 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 and birds can nest in there. That takes a while. And so I want to encourage you that as we look at these different seeds in our lives, different ways the kingdom can have this exponential impact, we have to understand that these things take time. Now, God delivers us from things right away. I mean, I've been delivered from many things that the Lord just took from me. Other things, I had to, ah, day after day and accountability partners and books and all this stuff and Lisa, bam, you're hitting me and not, I mean, you're still not good enough. No, I'm kidding around, right? Some, some, some things the Lord just delivers us from. Some things, it takes a while for these things, and, and we get frustrated and we give up. Why? Because we're Americans, and Americans want everything right away. We want everything right away. You want to stop smoking? Well, I tried that. I went a week, and that was it, right? I, you know, is there any magic cure? Sometimes, my dad, my dad's phenomenal. He, uh, before he was a believer, uh, he, he, was, uh, he was an alcoholic. Well, he's still an alcoholic, but he's been sober for a long time and, and had just a foul mouth. He, he could literally weave a web of profanity that well, it was admirable. I mean, just <laughs> I, I'd never seen some of the words were used as verbs when they really were now. I mean, just, it's just incredible, right? So the Lord <laughs> and, and he was a smoker, uh, three packs a day, Paul Malls, unfiltered, just. Just let it, just get it in there, baby. Don't mess around with the filters, right? The Lord delivered him from alcohol in one day, delivered him from cigarettes in one day, and delivered him from his mouth in one day. Now, I, I'm not saying that, that, so, you know, and you're like, well, I thought you were talking about patience. My dad's unique. He became a pastor. I mean, God had this great, his, the, that thing sprouted up like that. But for the most part, right, we've all, we've all been believers for a long time. It takes a while. We've got to get this into our mindset. This patient working, little things at a time. Look what uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. This is when we're standing at the feet of Jesus. We'll, we'll, get it, we'll have it all figured out at that time. And it goes on. Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Did you know that God knows you fully right now? He knows your potential. He knows your weaknesses. He knows everything. And he loves you. And he says, let's go tear it up for the kingdom. Let's go. What are we waiting for? You say, okay, I want to do it. Well, I have news for you. We're, we are only going to know partially. And so we just keep going and we keep going and we keep going until the perfect comes. See, here's what, here's what happens, guys. So you have this, we have this mustard bush. I take a mustard seed, I put it in the ground and it grows and that's how big, that's how big it gets. Okay? Now some of us, 
have put our seed in the ground and our mustard bush has grown and it's as big as it's going to get and we're frustrated because we're not growing. You know, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, already we've had a couple birds with nests. Those are great things. We provided shelter, whatever. God's seen fruit in our life. And then we're just stagnant because we need to plant another seed. See, you can't just keep doing the same things over and over and over and over and over again, expecting the bush to now go, oh, now it's the size of, and here's this, and here's this, and we'll keep watering it and keep pruning it. And it's only going to get so big. You're only going to get as big as the seeds you're planting. And so if you're in this place, if you're stuck, it's time to plant another seed. It's time to do something different. If you just come to church every Sunday and it's always the same and then you go to work and then you watch TV and then you come to church and then you go. Welcome to your life right now. This is it. This is it. You say, I want to grow. Then you're going to have to plant another seed. If you're stuck, you're going to have to plant another seed. You're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to put something in the ground and water it and prune it. Well, what about this? Don't worry about that. It's grown up. It's mature. Let's move on now. And as we grow as a church and we go to two services, there's going to be a lot of seeds that need to be planted. And we're going to have to step up. I, I, I hope it's true in my own life. If I do that, here I am, whatever, I'm a pastor, yippee, uh, you, know, you know, I'm the most spiritual, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. If I don't change, I'm the same. I'm, I'm gonna, two years down the road, I'm going to be exactly the same. I've got to take a risk. Some of you have never given, you've never tithed, you know, you, you know, like, oh, here he goes on money. It's time to plant that seed, okay? It's time. Like, is the church hurting for money? No, we're doing great. We have a board that is very very uh, uh, good stewards with our money. I'm just saying, you got to do something. There's got to be a next step. It's the kingdom of God. It's too important. You know, I'll talk about, real quick, I'll just give you an example. Uh, So, I've talked about this in the last few weeks. You guys have known that I've been getting all hot and bothered about going to two services. And you go, well, what? you got two empty rows right here. <laughs> what are you going to two services for? So here's the thing. I talked about this at our member, our annual meeting. Because I've been praying a lot about this, guys. I've been praying a lot about it. So we fill up these seats. We have, I mean, we, we just ebb and flow. Same thing between 200 and 250, 250, 250. We will be that mustard bush forever until we plant another seed. And that other seed is a second service. And it scares me to death. It really does frighten me. Going to two services, I, I have some other pastors I talk to, I say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's scary because I like having it full. There's more energy. There's more, you know, it makes me feel better. Hey, cool. We got more people than we did before. God doesn't want us here. So, so imagine, okay? Work, work with me here. Imagine, first service, it's just you guys. Because this is what it would be kind of like. But, but it's kind of spread out all over the sanctuary. That looks kind of anemic, doesn't it? That's scary to me. Especially because half of y'all don't get here on time, right? <laughs> Did I say half? 
75% of you guys don't get here on time. So when the service starts, when first service starts, there's probably only going to be three of you guys here. And you'll probably be visitors because visitors come on time. Mem- members, they're members, dude. I'll get there when I want. When your sermons get better, I'll start coming earlier, right? So it's, it's spread out. And it's thin. And it's like, man, what in the world's going on? And then the second service, it'll be a little bigger. It'll probably be you guys, okay, but spread out. We go, well, why are we doing that? Because seriously, guys, honestly, do you want to do this forever? Do you want it to be the same people every single week? I mean, I love you guys. I really do. But come on. We got to get, we got to be inviting people. We got to see people coming to Christ. We've only got a little bit of time. I haven't turned on the water in that baptismal for weeks. See what I'm saying? It's time to plant a new seed. What's that mean? Well, it means a lot of hard work. When you plant a seed, you don't just leave it. So it means some of you are going to have to step up and plant seeds in your own life and work with some of the kids. Some of you are going to have to sing louder than you've ever sung before because we only got 50 people. I was going before the Lord on this last week. And I was praying, I was going, man, Lord, I don't, I want more people. I want it to be crowded. I want it to be packed. I want it to be standing room only because our our church is so utterly fantastic. And the Lord began to share in my heart about, would I have taken Living Spring if there were only 40 people in the congregation? Like if the Lord called me to Living Spring and there was only 40, would I, would I do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'd do it. And I'd be excited because we'd have all this growth potential. Well, I'm giving you two living springs. And they don't just have 40 people. They'll probably have 80 people. You just doubled without even thinking about it. You doubled churches and you doubled doubled the amount of people. Let's get it done. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be awkward. There's going to be some Sundays where we're like, dude, what are we doing? But it takes patience. The patience of the worker is essential. It's not going to happen overnight. And we're not doing two services to make it more convenient for everybody. We're doing two services so that we can reach more people. So that there can be a sense of, yeah, there are only 50 people in here. We better get busy. You see that? Okay. It takes patience. Some of you right now are going, you know what? I, I, I can't plant another seed because the... <laughs> I looked at my mustard bush last night and it was only this big, right? Why why are you talking about planting another seed? Well, for some of us, maybe it's not planting another seed. For some of us, maybe it's just kind of taking care of what's going on in our lives right now. There's some things that are stunting our growth. For some of us, we're going through some real difficult times, right? And I I don't know why God has you in that spot. I, um, Lisa and I were, talking about sharing something out of our own lives that I don't I don't know how many people here know this probably not that many because we've only shared it with a few but my son Jesse has epilepsy and uh he he gets a seizure about um every six six weeks we have him on medication he's allergic to the top three medications so so he can't use those because he breaks out in, in a full body rash so he's got to go to number four. And so he's on that. And we've been working. And it takes a long, long time to get them used to this medication. And he's at full strength. Okay? But he can't go anymore. 
So he typically has one seizure every six weeks. Okay? In the last five days, or six days, he's had one every day, and this morning he's had three. And so we... we it's very... Um, troubling to watch him go through this and it's 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 um it's disturbing okay and so the reason i haven't shared it before is because we're all going through stuff okay we are all going through stuff and so i didn't want to use the pulpit as a way to go like yeah you know everyone woe is me when nobody else has that opportunity but i wanted to share this because first of all we we need help we need prayer and so we just want to get as many people praying as we can because we don't know what to do. We're going to the neurologist again this week. But I don't know why God has done this, allowed this to happen. Okay, we're in a fallen world, our sin nature, we got stuff. The world's not operating the way it should. I don't know why he's doing this. I'll never know. I see dimly. I, I can't see in the perfect. I don't know why yesterday I'm holding him at a target while he's having a seizure and having to lay him down in the, in the aisle, in the shoe aisle. I don't know why. But I, I, there's not enough time to let that be too debilitating. We're going to do everything we can, but guys, there's not that much time. You might say, oh, I've tried everything. Keep going. You've got to be patient. You've got to keep going. The last thing is this. The product of the growth is spiritual. It's not going to be a new job. (laughs) I mean, it might be, okay? But this isn't going to necessarily make your life better from the standpoint of, oh, phew, I don't have anything to worry about. All that comes from the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says this. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Here's the great and awesome thing about planting a new seed. You're not responsible to be like, come on, come on, you can do it, okay. Like cheerleading it into growing. You're responsible to make sure the weeds are pulled, it's watered, and you're patient. And God will cause that thing to grow. There have been many areas in my life, many areas that started out just as a little seed. About, um, I'd say, 15 years ago, I had a problem with pornography. And uh, I didn't know what to do uh, because I... You know, you don't just like walk up to somebody and go, hey, guess what? I'm a pervert, <laughs> right? It's kind of uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but it was uncomfortable for me. Okay? So I had this problem, and, um, uh, and so uh, it, was, and it was like right when the Internet was just kind of blossoming. And um, so uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know what to do. And so... We had this, this, this men's group, and I just said, I need to get into accountability. So what we did was we made it very difficult. The questions we asked were very, I said, I want to be asked these questions, right? And I, it just so happened that I got a partner 
that's like never had a problem with pornography. So I'd look really stupid if I'm like, yeah, I blew it again. Yeah, I blew it again. He like scared me into not doing that. Well, it took this meeting week after week after week. And then he moved. And before he moved, I said, when are you moving? He said, I'm moving in three weeks. I got another accountability partner and I was double dipping for a while. until that guy moved, I already had somebody in place. Okay. And I just don't have a problem with it anymore. Why? Oh, because I'm so spiritual? No, because God caused the growth. (laughs) It wasn't me. I can't give you some, you know, well, here's what you do. You know, I can't write a book, How to Overcome, because God was doing something else in me at the same time. God causes the growth. 